Battleline podcast. Very excited to have Brad Thor back on the program, who to me is like the MVP of of the military thriller genre. You know, I know, of course, there's there's the greats like Tom Clancy, but I, I put Brad Thor in that category as well. And uh, yeah. I'm I feel blessed to honestly call him a friend. He's a guy I've known for many years now at this time. And uh, and he's always been supportive of anything I'm up to and supportive of this show in, in particular and loves speaking with both of us. Yeah. So I'm excited to have him back on. Uh, I am, too, brother. It's going to be good to have him on and letting him letting him talk a bit and his new book that's come out. And yeah, it's, it's just, he's just a friend. I mean, it's really is just having a friend on the show. It's really, really nice. Absolutely. Um, before I even get into anything, you guys might see the new flag in the background, the battle line flag, youramericanflagstore.com did an amazing job and it actually fit kind of perfectly over yeah, there. Did. So I'm very excited to, to have that. And you guys have seen the video I put up, but, but with that, I want to talk about beard vet roasted in the heart of America, Omaha, Nebraska, traditional and unique flavors in ground whole bean or grunt cups, K cups and beard kits. They also have that soap. I, I finally started it's using good. that soap and I yes, love it. I, it's good. I had some uh, soap left over from, from our friends at hero soap. And then I use that and it's got like those uh, exfoliating beads in there. And it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's kind of similar to, to what hero soap does in that it is the essential oils and it is, you know, none of the parabens and crap in there. And, and it's just a great natural soap that they have. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a fan of that as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they select a veterans charity every month to give back. And Sean himself is a Marine, a DAV lifetime member and an equestrian helper. His wife, Amy, is a trainer. And yeah, all around great stuff. When you go to their website, you're going to see they have shirts, they have uh, beard product, they have coffee. So there's no shortage of just excellent stuff you could buy from them. No, it's good stuff, man. Their coffee, their their K cups or grunt cups are excellent, and that's what I generally use. Just just because I don't have a ton of time, I'm always in a hurry. Seems like to do something, and no, they and they taste great, fantastic stuff. So go check them out, guys. They're 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 tremendous. Just like I re, I reiterate everything Ian just said. <laughs> yeah, beardvet.com. and they have a huge Twitter following. They've actually helped us grow on Twitter as well. So go to their Twitter as well, beard underscore vet. And then on Instagram at Team Beard Vet on Instagram. But for uh, to check out any of the products, BeardVet.com, as simple as that. And back on board with us this show is Thaddea, inspired by the heroic and worn by the courageous and brave and the motto of the apparel brand, Thaddea, uh, from the heroic individuals who protect us to the everyday individuals to the athlete, uh, athletes we've had on the show, actually. Thaddea yeah. represents the courage and bravery within each of us. Visit Thaddea online at Thaddea.com. That's T-H-A-D-D-E-A.com to see all the Thaddea products and check out the men's KTP distressed plate yeah. short sleeve top, which, yeah, that's an awesome one. Actually, dude. our friend Sean from Beard Vet. Yeah, he was wearing it, dude. I love that. he said, that unlike one. you, he makes it look good. You <laughs> make look awesome, but I love that just because uh, it reminded me of like an old old license plate when they showed me yes. the very first mock-up like that is awesome. I love it. And of course, the distressed flag. I always love that on the back. That's like one of my favorite kind of shirts is having those things. And they're they're actually guys, their workout gear is tremendous. And it's not just me. They actually help. They they actually outfit a lot of young high school football teams and volleyball teams. And you can check that out on Thaddea Courageous and Brave. That's another Instagram feed that they have all those teams. So tremendous company, nothing from China. Don't use anything from China. And they are huge veteran supporters and they do, do donate regularly to the 14th Hour Foundation. So great company. 
Yeah. And, and just as a disclaimer there, if I remember correctly, because I know I speak with Scott and stuff, uh, yeah. I think there might be some old products still mm. in stock that may there have is. been from China. So you may yeah, yeah. order something from five years ago, but, yes. but as of now, any of the new stuff, none of that is produced in China. Correct. And, you know, they're, they're, they're doing that out of loyalty to countries that are allies with us and, and the yeah. U.S., of course, and fighting back with China, uh, basically having everything in, in terms of product. So <laughs> I know, yeah, that, I, I just want to put that there because someone may order something from like the old stuff and it's yeah. there, but the, yeah, yeah. the newer stuff, none of that is produced in China. So then the uh, the KTP USA 1776 flag, as you just mentioned, the short sleeve top and the women's KTP grunge American flag short sleeve, sleeve top. Uh, experience the Thaddea brand today so you too can start wearing the ins inspirational apparel brand of the courageous and brave. And they gave us a promo code. We usually don't have one and their deals are usually great as it is. Yeah. So you'll also get 15% off when wow. you use Thaddea KTP. So that's one word, Thaddea KTP. You're going to get 15% wow. off at Thaddea.com. With that, let's, uh, let's get right into everything. From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City, from planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space, a podcast with no equal, engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Switch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. <laughs> You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. The switch is on. Battleline podcast, and uh, this is your first time in two weeks on the show because you were back in your home state of Colorado. Colorado, yeah. And I figured yeah. I'd uh, people probably want to hear a recap of two excellent a events. Easy recap, long ass drive, too many people in Colorado, way too many people in Colorado. I, that state has changed immensely, but the Western Slope is still awesome. Uh, Mesa County Fair spoke at the fair and it's just always cool to go back to it's still an old fair old carnival you know the way we did grow yeah. up the old carnival still got the the rodeo going on it's still out in the mesa county fairgrounds so it was really cool and you know i there was about 200 people there and and awesome. i thought that i thought that was awesome and the thing is though is they were so nice and i i i think i signed 100 books was there about 75 books but we were there for four hours i mean, just talking to people and a lot of what i love is there's a lot of veterans out there and a lot of old you know vietnam korean a lot of the world war ii veterans guys are all passing so a lot of them are and yeah so you're not i'm not seeing as many anymore and god bless them that is the greatest generation but but the, the Vietnam veteran, the Korean veterans that came through and me just talking to them. And then there's a regular guy, Marine, that fought over in Iraq, that young kid at the time. 
he's come and saw me speak every time I've spoken in Grand Junction over the last six years. And uh, yeah, he just, every time he comes up and he has tears in his eyes and said, you just helped me again. He, he really struggles. So it's an honor to see him come up and still say, hey man, you just helped me through another day. And, and so obviously though, I, I'm proud of him. And I said this to him, I said, I'm proud of you because you said this to me six years ago and here you are here today, six years still alive. So keep it up, you know, just keep grinding. It's going to, you're going to get through this. And, and we talked a little bit more, but it's just an honor to talk to people there and then be in Grand Junction, then do the, uh, then do the uh, Tano vodka uh, yeah. tasting there at, at Butch's place there at the warehouse, which was uh, uh, tremendous. That was fun. And again, it's just, a, it was, a, it was too long, long nights, <laughs> a lot of signing, but I take my time to visit with everybody. So I kind of bring it on myself for making it that long. But I, I think if people are going to wait in line to see me, then I can at least give them, you know, however much time they want, five, 10, 15 minutes of time, uh, 20 minutes, and then talk to them after, because, you know, a lot of them traveled a long way to, to come see me. I'm came from Denver too. So uh, it's an honor and it was tremendous. And I got to be with my family. I got to see my father and my mother and, you know, their, their, their health is, they're getting older. My father, hey, I, I don't publicly out there, but um, he just had a stroke. So it was oh, good I to see my, yeah. you know, I don't, I, I, I'm not one of those persons that goes on their phone yeah, and something yeah. bad. And ah, look what, you know, I, I don't, but I'll just say he did. And I haven't seen him since he had his stroke. And so to me, that was, that was special. Cause I got to go, go see him. And, and I, I, you know, and talk to him and he, he, he's, I mean, I get the never quit attitude, a lot of that from my dad. So he's already getting stronger, you know, but he's still got a long way to go, but he actually came to see me speak. They wheelchaired him in and he was sitting up there. And my mom, of course, it's hard on her as well. I mean, of course it's hard on her. And so she's going through a lot, but they were both there. And my sister as well, who's, who, who's, you know, who's fighting diabetes, a lot, a lot of health problems in the Pirano family. But, um, as you get older guys, uh, it, it's just, it's, it's not like it's, it's, it's just par for the course. That's just how yeah. that's, that's life. And so, but it was still fun. And my kids got to see them and my grandma and grandpa got to see the grandkids, which of course made grandma's definite days being able to see my little guy. And then my son and then my daughter, um, my daughter, and it was, no, it was good. It was good. Very stressful, very fun, but very rewarding. And then uh, but to be honest with you, I was so happy to get out of Colorado. <laughs> I was. It's just, it, it's just buddy, it, it really is not the Colorado that I grew up in, and and just way too many people. And and um, yeah, it, it, it's it's not the Midwest by any stretch of the imagination. So I was very happy to finally be home. You know, a couple of days ago. Yeah, and I think it's a blessing in itself that we've talked about this before. It's rare to see uh, your parents, my parents, still yeah. happily married all these years later. And I, I feel like you're seeing less and less of that, that that we both have yeah. our, our birth parents still together decades and decades <laughs> later. I, it, it is different. It is. Big, and, I, you know, I, I think that that may be a part of some of the degradation of society is, is we've, we've made it too easy. And hey, I've been divorced. So I, I'm being a hypocrite saying this, but I, I didn't plan on being getting divorced. But I, I also got divorced my second wife and reconciled because I do feel that the, a strong mother and father really does help children grow up correctly. And you know, I know we prior to, we won't get into this too much, but I, correct me if I'm wrong, buddy. I was doing my my research on these last these the most recent mass shooters. I don't think any of them had fathers. I think all of I, them had. I don't I, know. I, I think it's some people should look at because I want them. And, you know, you'll spot check me. Ian always does. No, oh, I just I don't. I, I it's 
I purposely don't, you know, I haven't well, like I, looked I, into this so I, much. I, I think that's important, especially being a father that, and, and I was on the good dad podcast last night. Again, I was on, oh, and nice. I, and it, it's, it's important. Cause I think fathers, we have a very big responsibility and, and not being around our kids, I think is taking a toll and divorces are taking a toll on, on youth. And so it, it is, it's great to have family that still respects family and stays together. And I think we need to see more of that. I, I do, but I also understand that sometimes people just don't get along and it doesn't work or somebody has an affair and it just, it, it ruins everything. But um, yeah, we, we do need to bring the, the integrity back to, to marriage and the sanctity back to marriage and staying together and staying honorable to each other. And that is from somebody who's made mistakes. So I know the important, really do. I think the only person that has made a mistake can speak on the importance of not making the mistake because they suffer the repercussions of that mistake. And I did definitely. So I can honestly say with 100%, 100%, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Dedication. Certainty. Uh, certainty I can say that. <laughs> if you're married, stay. If you're married and the marriage is good, stay married. And the, yeah. what I mean, but I, but, I think uh, you know, in your case, it's it's a case of God working out everything for the better. You're in a marriage that you yeah. like now. You got to have the yeah. second chance of being a father. Yes. So yeah. I think, uh, yeah, God kind of uses all that to to make things work in our lives. Um, the well, other thing I wanted to to talk about is uh, the E3 firearms launch right now. Yeah. Uh, E3firearms.com. <laughs> You know, we, we launched actually a soft launch yesterday, a heavy launch today, but guys, it's, it's going to be amazing. Uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm so blessed to be with Adam Painshot, who's a tremendous firearms instructor in his own right, goes within the gun community. He started at SIG Sauer Academy, or SIG Academy. He's still a current state trooper in New Hampshire. He's a tremendous instructor. He's the other co-founder of it. Uh, we wanted to do something that is more i'll be honest more i would say more my personality adam's pretty funny but it's a dry humor guy i'm of course gregarious and very i i think i'm very funny i may not be funny but i try but <laughs> no, you uh, are. yeah we, we wanted to make that that very non-intimidating sort of training environment and and there's not a lot of that out there in the 2a community you know sadly to say and so that's what we want to do different non-intimidating bring new shooters in teach them but also do functions like the copper ticket thing. E3 was a big sponsor of the copper ticket, that fun all day going out dinner and actually, uh, yeah, there it is. Yeah. There with Fort Scott munitions, you know, they were tremendous doing functions like that, which are, are really, they are abnormal in the gun world and seeing the diversity that we had out there and just seeing how much fun we had out there. And we learned a lot, but, and it was a private training range that, most people will never get a train on because you have to be, you have to be, I would say special, but you have to be part of E3 members or a battle line tactical attendee to go to it. Um, and then also, you know, conferences throughout the year and then also big major functions and shooting in some of these places, going and shooting at the rim of the Grand Canyon, which is what we'll do next year. And then also I'm going to try to set up some helicopter shoots in Texas, which we'll do. Um, I don't know if we'll do it this year or next year, but, you know, going and doing things that you normally wouldn't get to do at a range besides just stand and shoot at a target. We're going to make it special dinners after chalk talks after roasting s'mores by the fireside after drinking a little vodka. After. You know, it, it's more than just shooting. It's, it's a community built to bring people in and, and show them to be responsible gun owners, to be able to protect themselves, which is important in today's society. If you're going to be a concealed carry holder, know how to use that gun. Just because you have that CCW doesn't mean you know how to use it. Use, and also, you know, also at the end of the day, 
just coming off being fulfilled and be like, man, that was a good time. I want to learn more and have more of a good time. And, and it's very therapeutic as well. And, and a lot of the fitness that we incorporate into it. And you saw it. And that's just a tip oh, of yeah. the iceberg. It's, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be fun. And you get to interact more with me. Maybe that's not going to, maybe that's <laughs> going to drive sales down, but you know, <laughs> hopefully, but it is a membership community. And, and, but, uh, and also what, what I, last thing, money's tight. I get that guys, you know, spend money on what you, on the necessities. Um, the costs we made are very, very small on it. But what the benefit is too, is that it's hard to travel to train at courses now because of the expenses and because air travel is getting too expensive or even getting unreliable. A lot of online courses on there. So you, that, you know, if you're a member, you get access to those online courses. So instead of going and spending 200 to $600 on a course, you can just put it up on your computer and you have me or Adam teaching you courses. And then I think we also have Kyle Lamb, who, if you're in the shooting community, Kyle Lamb's a very, very well-known instructor as well. Um, he has some of his courses on our website as well. So uh, yeah, online courses, it's a cheap, inexpensive way to still get good training uh, at your house and at your computer. And you're, so you don't have to spend the money to come to a course. So it, 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 it's got everything. It's going to be I, I'm I it's gonna be so fun it's gonna be it's 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 it's, it's exciting to be a part of it yeah and and I've gone to the website it's all up now so it's e3firearms.com and you'll be able to sign up for everything that you need to um then the other things I wanted to mention really quickly uh I thought it was really cool to see the first ever female blue angel fa18 yeah. demonstration pilot lieutenant Ama lieutenant amanda lee and i saw that carrie lorenz who i believe is the first female fighter pilot i think something like that i i want to make sure you know i should I probably look remember. up her bio but i saw she was like i'm very excited about this and she's a legend in the community although i'm i'm possibly getting her credentials wrong but i know that yes yeah, she was excited about it and actually that's who i found it out from and uh, yeah, it seems like this is someone who, fee who who truly deserves that honor. And yes, Carrie Lorenz, quick Google search, first female F-14 Tomcat pilot. So she was like, yeah, I'm thrilled to see this going on. So uh, props to Amanda Lee. Well, congratulations. You have to have a, you have to be good at your job to be able to be a Blue Angels pilot. So okay. um, woman or not, she's very accomplished and, you know, and very, very good at what she does. So that is, you know, congratulations on just getting your skills up to that level to be a Blue Angels pilot. That's what I would like to say to her. Not not say, hey, you're the first woman. Great. I know. It's like, hey, awesome job that you made it that level because obviously you worked your ass off to get to that level. And that is an example that every men and women, boys and girls should look at is just that never quit attitude, man. Never quit. Don't give up. And you'll be able to accomplish things that you thought maybe were impossible back in the day. And now you're here eh, and you're, able, you're doing what those dreams that you set out to do are. And so congratulations to her um, for, for being that shining light, being that example and, and showing that you never give up, never quit. And you can reach the goals that you set yourself for when you were, when you were just starting. So uh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And the blue yeah. angels are cool, man. I love, Oh my God. Angels. Yeah. They oh, really are. I, I, as I said, I got to see them. Uh, if you were listening to the episode we did with, uh, with Matt Waters, not wait, not Matt Waters. Why am I? Matt Waters is a ranger. I'm thinking of Waters. Matt Waters is my buddy. My yeah, buddy, my buddy. John John Rain Waters. Yeah. Come on, if man. Listen to the episode we did with uh with Rain. I got to see the Blue Angels over the Memorial Day air show at Jones Beach, and yeah, it is a sight to see. If there's an air show by you with the Blue Angels or the Air Force Thunderbirds, I would say go see yeah. it. 
I know there's been controversy so cool. lately um, with people saying, oh, they should like defund these. I think it's a waste of taxpayer money. I totally disagree with that. I think I think wow. it's a great probably recruitment tool. It's a great patriotic display. Um, and I think we need more of that. So I, I'm you know, in favor of keeping those going for sure. But then the, the last you, thing, yeah, the last thing I wanted to mention real quick, because we got to get to bread. But I feel like, you know, week after week, we've had to cover these horrendous yeah. shootings. And it would be wrong not to mention that one of these was, you know, not fully stopped. But the person who took down the gunman was a good guy with a gun. And that was in Greenwood, Indiana at the mall yeah. there. And I hopefully get the name right because it's, I think it's Elijah Dickin, but it's it's spelled extremely strange, unlike I've ever seen Elijah spelled. I think you got it right. I think you got it right. E-L-I-S-J-S-H-A. But props to him. And so, and yeah, I, I not that it was planned this way, guys. We didn't plan to brought E3 firearms into situations like this. Uh but I, I think it, it, it does validate the importance of, of protecting yourself, of learning how to properly protect yourself. And, and from what I understand, he did get some training with his grandfather. He learned how to shoot and became a very good marksman by shooting with his grandfather, which is where I first started to learn how to shoot too, and shooting on the farm. shooting. So um, guys, the importance of, of being able to protect yourself, um, and God forbid you're ever in that situation, but if you are having the combat mindset, the situational awareness, which you can only really get from training, you can from, from, from going and training and being around people that maybe have been there and done that and listening to them and then, or being through that yourself. Um, the importance of that is, is, is utmost in today's society. Sadly, we were saying that, but it's the real, it's the realism of today's world. And what I love, and we, you and I talked about on the phone, I love that it, I, I, and I do think he's a hero. All you left us, oh, he's carrying it, he's carrying, he shouldn't have been carrying. No, no, he should have been because obviously that little sign on the door that says no farms is not going to stop the bad guy. So shut your mouth. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. Just stop talking. The adults are talking now. Um, what I love about it is that it wasn't a veteran like from the global war on terror. It wasn't a former law enforcement officer. It wasn't a plainclothes law enforcement officer. It was a kid. To me, it was a kid. He's 22 year old, but to me, that's still a kid. He was a kid that stood up to the atrocities that are being committed a lot by his generation. So I see that as a benefit, but I see that as kids finally of that generation standing up to those that are really destroying it saying okay i've had enough i'm done with this i'm ending this now and that's why i i i do i i see him as as i do see him as a hero he's first of all he saved lives and there's no comparison to him in my opinion to him and the shooter in wisconsin because the shooter in wisconsin i forget his name put himself in that situation he went there oh yeah kyle rittenhouse yeah, kyle, I yeah. Mean, totally different scenario yeah, this sure. this guy this guy went with his girl this kid went with his girlfriend to enjoy the day and he responded to a altercation. He was yeah, he no, absolutely. He wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't looking for the fight. The fight yes. came to him. Um, we we could talk about this forever. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, We yeah, got to yeah. get to Brad Thor. <laughs> yeah, so, but while we're talking firearms, we got to talk ammo. And Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve 
on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses and on the website. I know on the website they're restocking. Yeah. So uh, yeah, FSM.com. But if you want to shop locally, you can click on the dealer locator, type in your zip code. You're going to find a dealer right by you. And uh, you can use our promo code and you're going to get 15% off when you use battle line. Cool. Cool. Um, they, and I think when they have night vision in stock, you're going to get, I believe, 10% off on that. But you're not. it's not there yet. And the reason I know this is because Jimmy Allen, who we had on last week, goes, dude, I want to get some Viper night vision. And he's like, do you have a, the bro discount code? And I was like, I don't know, but I know it's on Fort Scott Munitions. But at the moment, it's not. And I talked to Ryan Dubier, and he said it would be up there soon. So if it's not up there now, it will be soon. But they have hats, they have shirts, they have ammo, and it's all yep. great quality. So FSM.com, promo code BATTLELINE. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline Podcast. Also, this show is sponsored by our friends at Bubs Naturals. And collagen is such an important thing to be taking right. in your diet, to be taken as a supplement. You know, it's interesting. I've been seeing more and more uh, commercials now for, I always thought pork rinds were like junk food, but they're, <laughs> and are they? I, I have to ask Sean because I've yes, seen more pork rinds. Like, I, but they, they've been no, more commercials saying that thing. Pork rinds are a great source of collagen. Is is it? I don't know. It may be, but it's also a great source of saturated fat. You may be, yeah, you may be getting collagen, but you're also clogging your arteries. Chicharrones, man, no, those they're good for just snacking, like eating a bunch of potato chips, but ten times the fat. So, but they're, dude, I grew up on those things with my my abuelo, with my grandfather. But they, no. No, take Bubs Naturals. No, don't take <laughs> no, don't take pork rinds. You're gonna clog your arteries and die from a heart attack. Holy crap. <laughs> I've I've no joke. I've been hearing more commercials. They're like, oh, it's a great source yeah, of yeah. collagen. I I don't know, but yeah, it, Bubs Naturals, you're not gonna get all that saturated fat, of course. And uh and the apple cider vinegar yeah. gummy is great for appetite control, great for awesome. cleansing, which you know, if you look up kind of the stages of cleansing at the very end, um as you're detoxing from anything, if you're doing like colon cleanse or a liver cleanse, they do suggest you take apple cider vinegar. And as uh, Sean said, the first time he was on with the gummies, you're not going to get any of that horrible taste that actually tastes great. It tastes like you're having they do. gummy they bears, really but they're, but they're good for, yeah. for you. You're really benefiting from those. Yeah. So yeah, all their stuff is great. The fountain of youth formula, the MCT oil powder. We really can't speak more highly of them. And, yeah, and it works guys just to tremendous and being a 50 year old guy that still works out all the time in 100 degree heat uh, i can tell you that stuff works and my joints don't hurt my, my 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 you know everything in my knees my ankles and my back that should be hurting at this age with everything i've gone through honestly i feel great and and my nails are growing in fact i need to cut my nails a 50 year old man has to cut his nails and his <laughs> hair every every few every few weeks so i not my nails every few days my every every few weeks but that just says that the stuff's working it's tremendous stuff and also helps to helps to build a little bit of muscle tone on you with the protein that you're getting from the collagen so tremendous stuff 
Yeah. And, and with every purchase, you're helping out the Glenn Doherty Memorial Foundation. And if you go to their Instagram or their Facebook, you'll see that every month they're helping out families who have, yeah. for example, some of them have lost parents who are in the special yeah. operations military uh, uh, family and, and they've lost their fathers. And these are kids who are looking to go to college and they help them out with that scholarship money. They're just doing tremendous work. So bubsnaturals.com, promo code BattleLine, you're going to get 20% off bubsnaturals.com promo code battle line for 20 percent off with that let's get over to brad thor that's why i wanted to get the rapper cannabis on at one point and then i told you his his manager yeah. was like hey he charges like a thousand dollars per interview and i'm like uh like, no whatever I, you know uh, well that that's it's not the people it's it's because being you know having somebody that's a go-between for me too it, it it and um jeremy's good now but having that one prior they look at numbers, man. They don't even look, and it, it, and the numbers may even be off. But you'll see a publicist that's just as going, well, they didn't, they're they're not at this many listeners, so we're not going to do it. Yeah, even though it might be beneficial. Though, charging for interviews though is fucking yeah, that's there. that's. And, that's and I think it's because he like I'm a huge regardless of them asking to you know buy an interview, which I think is ridiculous. I'm a huge fan regardless. <laughs> uh, oh, there we go. We got Brad Thor on. That. Uh, I th- I I say his, his mic just turned is, is off. Brad, is Brad charging the inter- for an interview too? Yeah, we got to <laughs> talk to the, talk to Brad about that. I don't know if you hear us right now, Brad. Can you hear us, buddy? I do. I do hear you. Let me put on my. Sorry, the camera wants to go. We're, to the... we're talking about we're talking about people who charge for interviews. Have you I'm ever? Like, I know, like you don't. You you're on the other for... end of that. But have you ever even heard of that? People were like, "Yeah, he'll he'll come on the show for a thousand dollars." Yeah, why would I, yeah no i've never i've never heard of that i don't know why people would ever there we go here i am yeah hello yeah. gentlemen hey hey brother yeah no we're 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 we were gonna have a what's i didn't know who he was the, it was some the rap the rapper cannabis which would be interesting because like he was in the army at one period of time he he was at the height of his career like had a number one best selling album and then he left to go join the army which ironically, his name, I'll, I'll tell you this quickly, but I mean, ironically, his name is Cannabis and he got kicked out of the military for smoking weed. Um, but I, I figured he's <laughs> never right. done an interview about this stuff. So let's get him on. And then his manager was like, yeah, he charges a thousand dollars per interview. And I was like, all right, I think we're going to pass yeah, on this. Pass, pass, sorry. You guys should be charging him. You've got a fantastic uh, audience. Uh, I mean, this that, guy oh, needs that. marketing 101 classes. I, I said the exact same thing, man. Like, bullshit. No, 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 no. You, you pay us to come on the show. <laughs> well, Maybe it, we'll keep it, this it, in it, here because it, 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 is, it is funny and people yeah. should probably know about it. But anyway, getting into something totally different um, on the show <laughs> for the second time is Brad Thor. And and Brad Thor, of course, I feel like everybody knows the name, but New York Times bestselling author, latest book in the Scott Harvath series is Rising Tiger, available everywhere. Uh, Last on with us for episode 41, nearly two years ago, when Near Dark came out. And and I know it's probably corny to say, and you've heard it before, I think, but my first thought when I see this and and the longevity you've had is that Scott Harvath is finally a man. He's 21. He can go drinking (laughs) in bar. Exactly. 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 Boy, a lot has changed. I mean, look at that background uh, with the, with the bedroom at the beginning of the pandemic. Well, I moved when we had it, I was in Nebraska and we've, we've since moved to Kansas and now I'm slowly, it's going to change up a little bit. I'm still waiting on my cool flag, like Ian's cool flag. I have a cool flag, but I got another one coming. 
And I, it's going to change up a little bit, but I had to have my hatchet up there. I, I nice. That's the one thing I was missing. Got to have the hatchet, man. And But yeah, thanks, bro. Thanks for coming back on. And and yeah, I, congrats. Yeah, that was during the COVID time. Remember, I remember I was talking yeah. about because you were just got home from the grocery store and you were letting your groceries quarantine themselves before in they the, came. Yep, in the back of the Suburban. That's <laughs> that's exactly, because we didn't know. We didn't know, yeah, you know, was yeah. it, uh, were the, you know, like fomites. Could you get it from the mail? <laughs> what could you get it from? And we know so much more now. But listen, yeah. I got to tell you, I love that hatchet. And I open uh, the book. My guy in the chapter one has got a hatchet yeah. and he's going after Chinese soldiers with his hatchet. And he's just killing them literally killing them and that's well that's like i said the ammo may run out but the hatchet never will that's the ranger saying right there that's from the that's from the ranger regiment the ammo might run out but the hatchet never will so we got and that goes that goes back to respect of francis marion and the swamp fox and all our rangers back in the french and indian wars our lineage but that's and that's actually made from a ranger buddy of mine who and he did wow. he did a great job so so yeah the guy the hatchet always have the hatchet man because you you always have ammo with a hatchet always it's right there just fast you know what's funny i had i had a uh i had a, a buddy a green beret buddy he was in uh he did executive protection dogs uh after he okay. got out and just gorgeous dogs we got our dogs from him and he was at my house and i get a lot of stuff people give me stuff to to play around with and sure. all this kind of sure. thing and I had a hatchet. I've got some better hatchets now, but I had a hatchet with like a spike on, on one side, you know, it's got, but, and he goes, don't ever use this. He goes, throw this away. And I go, why? He goes, because you're going to, you're going to, you're going to get it stuck in something and you're going to pull it it's out gonna, yeah. and you're going to get it right in the chest. You know, you're going to either, or it's going to be low and you're going to puncture your lung. He goes, you're, he goes, you're, you're an idiot as, as it is. And so you just don't, this is not something you want to play with. Just so. keep it high. This is all you got to do. Just do this. Do this right here. You never worry. But it, but that's true. You, you, things get stuck, and then you get in a hurry to put it right in the right in your eyeball. Or you're done. They're yeah. done. So, yeah. so always have a blunt side. Always have a yes. blunt side if you can. But yeah, no, bro. I, 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 that's that's the coolest thing. Actually, on the SF thing, did did he ever have to use his hatchet in combat? I never have to use my hatchet. In combat. Never have. I never I never got that in. Did he ever have to use it? No, he was an interesting guy, and they—he was on Karzai's detail for a little yeah, bit in Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just a really, really super cool guy. And no, he's—he's he's just one of those dudes that's just very calm and very low key, and you know, would make fun of his SEAL buddies whenever he'd see him. You know, <laughs> I love those him are the guys already. that say he would have a hatchet. Yeah, I love, I love, I love him already. Just make yeah. fun of your. As long as you make fun of seals, you had me. I make fun of seals. You had me right there. It's perfect, I had man. I had a buddy in Iraq, and he, uh, the, they were merciless with the seals. And in fact, they got they had a patch made that had it said "Eat, Sleep, Lift," and that's what they, that's they, that they, is just making fun, just making fun, yeah. just good natured. No, it, that's but that's been sleepy sleep eat. What's the A for? Sleep, eat, and lift. Yeah, that's it right there. Yeah, I, I, I'm, that's my ranger. Yes, rangers though we can't spell or we don't we don't know how to spell. So, but that you can make fun of the 75th guys because ranger smash, ranger use hatchet, no spell, no no smash. no talk. But brother, bro, let's let's talk about yeah your your book. Let's get it get into it and bet this is this is your show. Obviously, oh, there we have better. it. So 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 take it over, man, and and tell people what you want them to know about the book, but also. Also, I want to, yeah, why the hatchet? The first thing. So, 
the hatchet first thing the book is actually so you guys know me i do spy thrillers yeah, yeah, yeah. uh i actually read an article two summers ago chinese troops crept through the himalayas into this disputed border region with india and so uh there's a longstanding agreement since 1996 that no explosives and no firearms will be used in this area because they do have a lot of skirmishes and they don't want it to spin out into yep. all out war. And so the Chinese crept across with homemade weapons. This was like something out of Walking Dead, iron rods studded with spikes, baseball bats wrapped with barbed wire. And wow. they attacked one of the most decorated regiments in the Indian military. These guys are referred to as the snow warriors. And their job is to be in this part of the Himalayas to make sure China doesn't invade. And so it was a six hour, brutal, bloody, wow. medieval style hand-to-hand -hand combat. Both sides are throwing guys off thousand foot drops and stuff like wow. this. Uh, and after it was all done, they needed DNA testing to be able to identify a lot of the bodies because the wow. dudes were just so messed up. And the Indians pushed them back. And what was really interesting is I started doing research and a friend of mine from um, who's a neighbor of mine in college was the national security advisor in the last administration. And he yeah. was asking me, what are you doing for your next book? And I said, well, I was really fascinated by this hand to hand thing that happened between China and India. Wait, and was this was this national security advisor, a fellow author we may have had on the show? <laughs> uh, Robert O'Brien is his name. He wrote oh, a book right. called I was thinking America slept. I, I'm sorry. I was thinking of General Tata because he was there at the very oh, end. No, 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 not Tony. No, Tony's a great, <laughs> Tony's a great guy. You know, he's a friend of mine in the unit that introduced me to Tony years ago in Chicago. And he's a great, just a great American and a great author. But this was Robert O'Brien. Okay. And he said, what's your new book about? And I said, well, I want to start it with this real life fight that happened. I mean, it, that's just amazing. But I want to base the book on uh, since America is the oldest democracy in India is its large is the world's largest democracy. Yeah. We're natural allies and we've got an opportunity yeah. now to push the Russians out uh, and to kind of seal India off from that sphere of influence from Moscow. And I said, I want to kind of play with this idea of what if we wanted to create an Asian version of NATO with India at the hub? We've got the quad, which is Japan, Australia, the US and India. What if we formalized that and did a real NATO style thing? The Chinese would go crazy and they would do everything they could to stop it. And none of my contemporaries had set a spy thriller in India. And I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And what Robert O'Brien told me that I was fascinated about was after uh, this attack happened, Two things took place. Number one, the Indians could not overwinter in this part of the Himalayas. They didn't have enough cold weather gear. So the Trump administration cleared the decks and said, we'll go to every REI if we have to and get you whatever you need. Just, just tell us what you need. You know, They needed sleeping bags and cold weather tents. And so we, we just like stuffed a C-130 and sent all this stuff over to India. The other thing that was fascinating, I said, what did the Indians do? Like, what was a reprisal from the Modi government in New Delhi? And Robert told me that they banned over 400 Chinese apps from the Indian app store, starting with TikTok, because they said they were they were harvesting biometric and personal data information on every Indian citizen. And, he's, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's brilliant. And he goes, now you know why the previous administration was so tough on TikTok. Yeah, we, yeah, we And now it all that. comes out now that they're, yeah. you know, TikTok is being used to spy on Americans. So anyway, that real life stuff is what I like to do when I, when I set my thrillers. I, I like to set the fiction against something really happening in the world that maybe a lot of Americans are not paying attention to or don't know about. 
in your spot. I, yeah, we but we knew about that TikTok thing. I, I, how come it's always just coming to fruition now? I think we talked about you and I, Ian, talked about it on a show a year ago. I, I, so I, I can't. I, why do you think? I know we're getting off the book a little bit. Why do you think now it's important, even though we knew it? And Trump said it back then, and that administration said it. Why is this all of a sudden big news when it should have been because big news when we first talked about it? So I think the current administration <laughs> was trying to do a, uh, begin to do a reset of some sort with China. And there was a Band-Aid put on the situation, which was, okay, anything that TikTok does in the United States is going to go through servers in Texas. And that was supposed to be the, hey, everybody, every American's information is protected and all this kind of stuff. Okay. We found out a couple of weeks ago that Chinese engineers and, uh, and uh, tech people for TikTok can still access the information on those servers. Uh, that's number one. Number two, there was also uh, some additional findings about how badly uh, the Chinese Communist Party is abusing Americans of Chinese descent or residents in the United States who still have family back in China. So they're using the apps to influence them oh, and wow. to try to pressure them to do stuff. So it was just kind of a, we really should, there should be no Chinese apps here. There, re there really shouldn't. There's no reason we can't do an, I mean, that's why they're doing reels and stuff like that. And even YouTube's trying to go to a shorter format. They're trying to kind of box TikTok out. Uh, but it's, my kids don't have it. Let me put it that way. I, I just don't think it's the responsible thing for an American citizen to allow into his home. I, I, I'm in agreement with you. I need you to talk to my wife because that is the only thing she she will let them have. And I know I don't want they have nothing else but TikTok. Like, wait, we're no, no, no. Give them something else. <laughs> so, Brad, you're you're calling my wife after this because I, I she won't listen to me. I I, I can't. I, I forget my experience. I don't know crap, Brad. You you need to please do because I, I'm in complete agreement with you. I it's they've been using it for that and then they're gathering information and it just makes it's 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 easy intel collecting. It's it's really is. You don't have to do a thing but sit at a computer and. Shh, and it, it, and no boots on the ground, nothing. And it's tremendous. Well, I, with your book, you know, we, and reading, you're reading your book and are you trying in some of these to, to give answers in a fictional format, but hey, say, hey, wait a second, I, I'm really giving here. It may not be a, a FM, a field manual, it may not be a training manual from the DOD, but here's, here's what we should be doing. And does your colleagues, because you do a lot of respect in the Pentagon, you have a lot of respect with with other general with other uh, military people that uh, are now authors. General Tate is a, one of them. But because of your relationship, do you have some sway? Do you get in there? And can you talk to them, or do they just ah no? He's just a fictional author that writes about this <laughs> stuff. But as but you know, I I don't think you are. I think my opinion. I think you are saying in 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 a under covert sort of way. Hey guys. Here's a playbook. Here's 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 an idea of how to fix this. But are you intentionally doing that, or am I just think, am I am I going crazy? Am I paranoid here? And I'm I, I'm I'm just thinking it way 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 outside the box. No 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 no. It, it cuts both ways. So there's a there's an interesting guy from the agency who does consulting for films and stuff like this, and does book reviews. And he he bitched about something in one of my books once, where he's like, "There's no way you'd have eight cutouts before somebody would get." to that person, to, to got to that sure. asset. And I said, listen, here's the deal. I'm not <clears throat> writing a training manual. My job is to entertain people. So yes, I get it that it might take eight steps, but nobody's going to sit through eight steps. <laughs> yeah. Elmore Leonard was famous for saying uh, the best advice he could give to young writers is number one, never start with the weather. It was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> and number two, leave out the parts people skip. My old man used to swear that Clancy was paid by the word. 
he because the books were so thick and he'd go on and on and on about the guidance system for a missile. And my thing is, is all I need to know is there's two dudes in a high sight with a laser yeah. and they're lasing the target and the missile's going to hit the building that's being lased and and that's it. You know, you don't need to know how, yeah. you know, there's a little thing in there that helps the fin stabilize and all this junk. But politics is downstream of culture, right? Uh, so that's always yeah. something that I've believed a lot in. My number one job is to entertain people. Uh, but if they close, you know, that's why I do the short, very crisp kind of cinematic chapters. Sure. I want people to, to really whip through one of these books, take it to the beach, take it to the lake. But if you close one of my thrillers and you're a little bit smarter or you know a little bit more about a certain part of the world or what's going on in a certain area, then I think that's a good thing. You know, I know I've got, you know, people in Congress that read the books and all this kind of stuff. Sure. So if I can help draw attention to a certain <clears throat> issue uh, in an entertaining way that gets people thinking, that's great. But number one, okay. I'm an entertainer and that's what I want uh, okay. people to take away. Yeah. Gotcha. So, you know what I was going to ask you about how this takes place in India and China and, and you've done books about really all over the globe at this point. Do you have to pay attention to what people is are really talking about what is just yeah. in the forefront of the news because I feel like it changes so rapidly more so than there was probably 10 good years where if you did these books about Afghanistan, Iraq, that would be the most relevant thing going on. But this past year, for example, um, you know, probably a year ago, the biggest thing to be talking about would be Afghanistan and the withdrawal. And now it's Ukraine and Russia. And I feel like what the public is focused on changes so quickly. Did did you possibly think I got to get into Ukraine? People are going to buy that. Or do you say, let me do something completely different and talk about yeah. India? It's a it's a great question. So. I never want my books to be dated. I want them to be evergreen. I want you to be able to pick up a book I did 10 years ago and still, you know, if that's if that's what's in your hooch, somebody left it behind and you get there and you pick it up and that's all you've got to read, I want you to have a great ride, right? I want it yeah. to be, I want it to feel current. So that's the challenge of my job is how do I keep that stuff current? So it, after this whole scene opens in the Himalayas with this brutal hand-to-hand -hand combat, I've got a shadow diplomat for the U.S., who's trying to work with the Indians and talk them into this Asian version of NATO, and that guy gets splashed in Jaipur. And then I go into introducing my main character, Scott Harvath, and I wrote the longest continuous action scene I've ever written over like, it's over like eight chapters and it just keeps going and I keep ratcheting it up. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to have my guy and his team get sent back into Afghanistan, into Kabul to help uh, get out an Afghan intelligence officer who'd been, who'd remained behind after the fall uh, to the Taliban, who had stayed behind to help American intelligence services. Uh, and it gets too hot for him and he wants to be pulled out, extracted with his family. So Harvath and his team go in and I do this eight chapter thing and I wanted it to be escape from New York, like Snake Plissken going Snake to Plissken. get the president. <laughs> and I wanted Harvath to have to go in and get this family out. Uh, then it starts with the whole op going sideways. They get discovered by a roving Taliban patrol. And so they're all under fire and Harvath's got to draw these guys away. So it really does become like Snake Plissken. He's got to navigate and get his way out of, <laughs> get his way out of, um, out of Kabul and get to the airport. And what was fascinating, so Ian, back to what you were saying about Afghanistan, I was fascinated by how many, you know, XSF guys and everything yeah. were working together to help get their Terps out and all of these other people. And I love the idea that the agency had, you know, sawn an extra gate, like, mm -hmm. 
like in the back of the airport in Kabul. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to play this up a little bit. That gate's been sealed up by the Taliban. How would my guy get through that? So it, it is it is a challenge. Uh, I, I mentioned Ukraine in this thing, uh, but I didn't know where Ukraine would be this sure. week when I was writing this a, a sure, year ago. Sure. So you have to be you have to be careful. I've got somebody who escaped Maripol who's in Bucharest and I talk about what the horrors, I mean, there's, there's basically no Maripol left. I mean, it's just dust. I mean, the, the, the yeah. Russians have just uh, absolutely destroyed every building there. So it is, a, it's a balancing act because, you know, five years from now, we're talking on this thing. I, I don't know what the situation in Ukraine is going to be. I don't know if Russia is still going to be there or they're just going to be in the Donbass. Like they've, they've held onto mm -hmm. that part. So you really do have to kind of pick and choose and be very, very careful, particularly for me, because like I said, I want people not to just enjoy the book this year. I want them to be able to enjoy it for years to come. How do you, and Brad, I, you know, the cobble that, that hit home. I mean, that hit home, hits home to me. And actually, I, I I, I wrote letters for a couple of my Terps to get him out. And actually I did, I was able to get one out and he's in the Netherlands right now and we're getting the other one out that is actually making it to Canada. Um, so I, I was trying to get a couple, you know, I wasn't able to get a lot of them or help a lot of them because I, I don't know where they're at, but with me and my opinion, uh, uh, on if I'm writing something, my anger would go into that writing. How do you keep, and I know you have friends there. I know you have, obviously, and because of the circles you travel, how do you keep, how do you keep it entertaining and not, not putting anger and vindictiveness in the book when you have a medium to do that? I, 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 I think that's quite a, quite a, quite a challenge for anybody, but you seem to do it or you say not do it. And that's amazing. It does. It does make its way in a little bit because I had to, when I opened up with Harvath's op going yeah. sideways and them coming under fire from, from, from this Taliban patrol that finds them in this neighborhood in Kabul, Harvath's getting shot at with M4s, with American M4s. Yeah, so he I did get pissed. Okay. The amount I'm pissed. I'm pissed as an American. I mean, the, the hair is standing up on my arm. You got me now. I'm angry. I'm pissed as an American. I'm pissed as a taxpayer. The amount of stuff that was abandoned in Afghanistan yeah. is yeah. insane, is insane. But what's also interesting is I didn't know that half of the Afghan Air Force made it over into one of the stands and took their helos and things like that with them. And so I put that in, too. So for every bad story, if you can find kind of a good thing that happened, sure. that can help kind of uh, to assuage it a little bit. But at the end of the day, I have to remember I'm an entertainer. This is yeah. not a platform for me. I come on your show and just. <laughs> you know, I'd be pissed about the withdrawal and things like this. And, you know, I, I was working on a project and uh, in Hollywood and this guy's like, OK, so everybody's at Bagram and they're getting on the last flight out. I'm like, dude, the last flight didn't leave from Bagram. Yeah. I said it was insane. We surrendered Bagram before. I said it all went out of what was Hamid Karzai yeah. International Airport. Good I call. said, come yeah. on, man, this is one Google search. I, am I the only guy in L.A. that pays attention to you know, what, the what's he, is he is that is that do it? Is, is that because he is he trying to spin something or do you just not know? Are they trying to spin it in a direction to, to make no, the administration? He took, he took he didn't know the difference. He didn't okay. know enough about it. It sounded cool to be leaving Bagram, yeah. but he he had his character. God bless him. Pissed that his turp was being left behind. And I'm like, OK, I can forgive you the airport because he got the rest of it right. So you got to. Okay. 
you know, my thing is, is we all make mistakes. You put a sure. safety on a Glock, you ought to get the electric chair. I'll just say that, okay? My wife will finish any book. I will not, there's certain things that it would take you two seconds to Google, you know? And I have a joke uh, with some of my friends in the movie business. I said, I'm convinced that Foley, sound guys, sound effects guys, that there is some sort of a like pool of money. And anytime that somebody racks the slide uh, on a semi-automatic weapon before going into a room, they get a, they get a check. The, the sound effects guy gets a check like that's the sound of a cash register ringing i said no professional walks around without their weapon having around in the chamber i said that's it's insane but, well, and, and, and you know i love it when they do that with the m4s or they're doing with the charging handle too and you get that same racking so the slide sound with the it, you're, you're, that's hilarious yeah, t- tell them please tell them if they need any military advisors there's plenty of us out there that can help them with that if they're willing I don't know, but, but I, I just always find that amazing because, you know, I, I know that a lot of this stuff hits home. We talked about it before uh, when you were first on that, even though it's fiction, there's a lot of truth in here because of your experiences and because of the people, you know, and it's got to even even saying fiction, it really to me, it really isn't. I mean, this op could be anywhere. You just may have changed. The, and I don't I'm not saying you did. I'm just saying no. you just change the name of somebody I may have known or man I'm like wow that sounds familiar was was he following and I'm not that cool but I, I said man I swear it was he right there in a drone watching what we were doing that's where it's so I, I I really feel that that when you're writing these things I just I I just don't know how you separate the two and do it so well and, and I know I'm kissing your ass right now but it but it's <laughs> true you, you do it extremely well but the books itself they're not fiction to me. I mean, I mean, really, it's not. You're using a pseudonym, and I'm thinking of man. That sounds like Gary. Oh wow, that sounds that sounds like Tom. But but um, I I, but I just guys, think the, it's amazing. Those guys are really in there. I mean, the, the, yeah. this I call what I do faction. You don't know where the yeah. facts end yeah, yeah. and the fiction begins because this my characters are all based on people who are out there who have done that and have the spent shell casings to prove it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. these are these are guys that are kind enough to share their experiences with me. It, I couldn't do what I do without guys like you and other buddies that I've got sure. in in the military, whether they're active or whether they're retired. There is a pool of knowledge that exists and it doesn't disappear just because you're no longer active. You come out. There are things yeah. that you learn that you know that are that are at your core. And so having done this for 20 years, I've bought a lot of steak dinners and a lot of pitchers <laughs> of beer and just sat there. You know, I, I remember being at Shot Show and going to dinner, and it was, I mean, we even had a coasting at the table i couldn't believe it you know we had a we had a pj we had force recon marines we had green berets we had guys from the unit and they let a coastie sit there they, they, yeah they, they went, really it was, was it was funny the seals kind of took them under their uh under their wing and it's funny the marine guy and i don't mean to bash the seals because my guy is a former seal but it was funny because the, the the marine that i was sitting next to he goes he goes watch he goes, we're going to get kicked out of every bar we go into tonight. And the reason is going to be those two guys. And he points to the seals at the end of the table. And he goes, Brad, I know you don't know a lot about the seals, even though you've written a couple of books. Let me tell you, they've been thrown out of every single country. He was just merciless on these guys. And I'm like, you know, that's really not fair. And he's like, Let, he's like, trust me, you're going to see it. And we went to Coyote Ugly and they had all the oh, good no. looking women on the bar. And these guys jumped up on the bar. And then the security came to ask him to step down. And that's right when the brand new like strobe features 
flashlights yeah. were coming out. And so this was years ago and everybody that knew Surefire had these yeah. things at SHOT Show. And so as soon as the body, <laughs> the, the security's like, you guys got to get down. They're blasting these guys in the face and like stroking them. It was funny. We got kicked out of that. That was the first one. Yeah. So yeah, you know what I wanted to ask you? And that is that's funny. Um, is you know, you were you were speaking before about uh, the the people that that you use to to get this information, and and also you were saying how there's more authors now in the genre who get important information wrong. Mm. That yet you rely on people like Marcus Marcus and Morgan Luttrell, yeah. who you have a personal relationship with, and those types of guys. Do you think because of this, the success of the genre that may not have been there 21 years ago when you first began, that there's people who just want to get involved in the genre and haven't really done their homework, haven't forged the relationships that you have, and they're just like, I want to make a quick buck. I'm going to do a military thriller. I think, listen, I one of the best pieces of advice aside, and not Elmore Leonard advice, Stephen King had a piece of advice in his great book on writing. And he said, you should write what you love to read because that's where your passion is. And I tell people, not only is that where your passion <coughs> is, but you've got a mini PhD. Uh, you know why you like certain books in that genre and not others, or you know why you read six Clancy books, but the seventh one, ugh, you know, you didn't finish it because you didn't like it. I used to take my parents read uh, Le Carre, Freddie Forsyth, Robert Ludlum, Clancy, and I was way too young, but when they would set those books down, when the bookmark would come out, I knew my parent, my mom was done reading or my dad was done reading it and I'd swipe it and I'd read it. And I loved these books growing up. So I think there's a lot of people uh, that have gotten into the genre because they like it. Uh, there are a lot of people who didn't serve, but have that, have that fascination with our armed forces and that appreciation for for people who have mm. served and this in this uh, my dad is a no longer active marine still celebrate marine corps birthday every year in our house and, <laughs> yeah. you know uh he teases my brother who's my favorite daughter like the great santini and he's very funny <laughs> wears his marine corps ring all the time he's got the flag flying at the house um I, you know i think that there's a lot of people uh, if you're getting into a particular genre uh, just to make money, that's a mistake. I think mm -hmm. you're you're not going to make a good work product. It's hard to write these books. I think you got to love it. I love doing the research. I love buying those pictures of beer and spending time with people and hearing their stories. You know, that's the hardest thing for me is to keep my mouth shut in that situation. <laughs> you know, because if you keep your ears open, you can learn. You can learn a lot. What's been fascinating, though, is to see guys come out of the military and get into writing books. So whether it's yeah, guys well, like I was Jack Carr, say, Brad, you were the Brad first Taylor. person I ever heard mention Jack Carr. Yeah, oh. I remember this was years ago. You said yeah. this guy's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And now it's like I said to Chris, I'm watching UFC and they're showing Jack Carr and like, you know, out, <laughs> out there behind the cage and. And yeah, you called it that this guy was going to be a major name. And now he is, I believe, the number one show on Amazon based on his yeah. book. With Chris Pratt, the terminalist. So that's interesting. One of my best friends uh, was a SEAL and he uh, lives in Ohio. And he reached out to me and said, hey, Brad, I got a buddy of mine. He uh, He's coming out of the SEAL teams and everything. Super nice guy. And he wants to write a book. Would you talk to him? He wants to write a thriller in your genre. And I said, absolutely. I mean, I do what I do. I get to enjoy my family safely going to the grocery store, or going to school because of people who have served. There is no American dream without those willing to protect it. So why wouldn't I take a call with this guy? So I, I got on the phone with Jack Carr and he said, Hey, I'm writing this book and blah, 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 blah. And we talked for a while. And, and he's like, what's the, what's the number one piece of advice you could give me? And I said, 
I said, well, uh, I said, it's going to be hard for you because you're a seal, but never quit. Uh, <laughs> and he laughed, you know, I, 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 I just really, it, I've got more buddies who are seals than probably anything else. So I, I do bust a lot of chops, but I said, listen, it, it is, I said, the only difference, or I, I asked him, it's kind of my riddle. What's the difference between a published author and a non-published author? Published author never quit. And then I said, yeah, you're a seal. That's going to be tough for you. I said, you know, the water's pretty cold in the publishing world. Maybe you're not going to go in. And so I, he laughed and we had a really good conversation. I said, listen, here's the deal. Uh, there's only so much I can do for you. This all comes down to you. Finish the book and get back to me. Let me know when you finished it, okay? And then let's talk again. So we, we had talked for an hour or whatever it was and he finished the book and he called me up and uh, he let me read it and it was fantastic. And I introduced him to my editor at Simon & Schuster, Emily Bessler, and she had edited Vince Flynn, the Mitch yep. Rapp series and everything. And Emily read the book and she met with him, uh, Jack, when he was in New York. And then she called me up. She said, he's a great guy. I said, I told you he's a great guy. He's just a really nice human being. And yeah. he's, got, he's got something special about him. Uh, she said, well, what do you want me to do? I said, well, you love the book. Why don't you publish it? And she goes, that's not going to bother you. I said, there's 365 <laughs> days in a year. People can read two books. Just don't publish them on the same day you publish me. And it, he is, Jack Carr is one of the nicest guys you will ever meet. He has thanked me a million times. I'm like, buddy, I just opened the door. It was all on you yeah. once you got inside. Okay. I just opened it and stood back. You're there because of your talent, your charisma, your kindness, uh, your intelligence. So it, it is neat in that you remember that, that because you were one of the first people I ever talked to kind of in the media about Jack Carr. So that's, I'm just thrilled for his success. And by the way, that that's a rising tide that lifts all boats. You know, uh, to, we're recording this now, uh, and tomorrow night, uh, The Gray Man, uh, the Mark Greeny book, is going to debut on Netflix. It's been in theaters since July 15th. It's going to be on Netflix. That's another thing in my genre. And Greeny lives down the road in Memphis. I'm in Nashville, and he's another terrific guy. And everybody's like, well, you haven't gotten anything made yet. Doesn't that burn you up to see, you know, Greeny get his? Or you've got 22 <laughs> books. Jack Carr's got five. And I'm like, it, it's these are these are not competitors. They're colleagues. You yeah. know? And we share readers. People read all of our books. Like Brad Taylor. Taylor, super nice guy. His readers read my stuff. My readers read his. I came out when my when Rising Tiger came out. Taylor went on Facebook. He's like, "Hey, everybody, Brad Thor's new book is out. Go get it." And I'm like, "He's such a stand-up guy." So you know, it's kind of a nice thing where there's good-natured humor and everything. But again, we're not out trying to cut each other's throats because people can read more than one book. In a yeah, year. yeah, I, and it's good to see that there's that camaraderie because in a lot, a lot of there's a lot of competition that goes on generally when you're in that same genre. And I, I see is, that. The, there's ahead. one problem with Taylor and he still refuses to pay me my 5% because I blazed a trail for guys. Brad last name starts with T that guy still owes me 5% a book. It's hard as hell to nail down. He's a slippery sucker. Give, give me his address. I'll find him. I'll, I'll get that for, I'll get that for him. All I require help, is help him find his checkbook. You got there's, it. I'll, and, I'll find and there's, his checkbook. Uh, there's camaraderie, but there is competition as well. I mean, I even saw that you put a post up that, you know, the book debuted at number two and you were like, I got to be honest, it eats me up inside a little bit, but it couldn't have been better that number one went to who it went to. So I know that, that you also Swedish have that. American. Yeah. yeah, you also have that competitive nature. You want every book to debut at number one. Of course. Of course. That's the way I was raised by my dad and my mom. And sure. so it, it allows me an opportunity to teach my kids something, right? So yes, I want to be number one. I am very competitive. I I I was just, 
it, it was an interesting year. We, we changed our date on the book. No excuses. I didn't get number one. We did a date change and it ended up some stores had the old date which was going to be a week later. And so the books weren't out and we missed it by like 401 copies. Okay. But I missed it. I didn't get it. I didn't blow it out so good that it, it, it didn't matter that a couple stores didn't have the books out. Would that have made a difference? I don't know. But the fact is I wasn't going to sit there and make excuses to my kids. I said, I'm number two. I didn't blow it out. All right. And so I'm number two. And I, and then I thought to myself, how do I graciously handle this? Because I lost out uh, the number one slot to Ellen Hildebrand, who is quote unquote, the queen of the beach reads. Well, her family's from Sweden. My family's from Sweden. And I'm like, Hey, I said, if I'm going to lose to anybody, it's great to have it be a fellow American of Swedish descent. And by all accounts, you guys, I've never met her. She is the nicest human being. Everybody's told me Ellen Hildebrand's the nicest woman you'll ever meet. And I said in my post, and it's great when you lose out to somebody that everybody says is just the nicest person in the world. So did that. And then I called my publicist. He's like, I just saw that tweet. He goes, you were so gracious. And da, 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 da. And I said, listen, I want you to call the Swedish embassy in DC and see if the ambassador <laughs> will do a proclamation about contributions to American literature from people of Swedish descent. <laughs> you know, uh, I figure how are we going to make lemonade out of this? Two Vikings at the top of the uh, New York Times list. So I'm, I'm, uh, we'll see what happens with the embassy in DC. Man, that's, that's amazing. I, it, I, I didn't, I, I, I don't follow it like you know when I wrote books the things I just I didn't I didn't have any where I don't know there's a tactical way to release books is that that big of a deal if you miss a few like just that little date change and I know you're not making excuses but I I want I'm not asking for an I I'm a subjective response I'm asking for an objective response because of certain stores missing that release date because it was incorrectly put out there or the public, we'll, we'll blame your publicist. We can always blame publicists. I don't like publicists anyway. So we're gonna blame them because your publicist didn't get the dates right. Do you think that, 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 and is it that, I mean, is it like that close that if you miss three or four stores, it could mean the difference between one and two. I mean, that that's pretty competitive. Wow. It, it can be it can be a handful of stores. So the, the book business is like anything else. You've got distributors and things like that. So sure. it wasn't my publicist. My publicist is awesome. By okay, way. your publicist he, is he awesome. He's, he's, awesome. He, he's a big <laughs> he fan is. of Battleline. And Ian he knows it. Hey, publicist, he is, I am giving him the Battleline shirt. <laughs> oh, he does not. Oh, my gosh. I'm yeah. Eating yeah. Crow. He Let post me on social media here. during quarantine wearing it. I remember yep, that. Yep. All right. All right. Send, have him have him send me one of his favorite shirts. I'll wear If he has a publicist shirt that says his name on it, I'll wear it. I'll Simon and Schuster shirt. Is it a Simon and Schuster? Send me the Simon and Schuster shirt. I will wear it on the show and I will eat crow. For that entire show, I apologize to Brad oh, Thor's no, publicist no, no, no. right now. Uh, let me just do this. Okay, <laughs> whatever else you need. My bad. My bad, Brad. My bad. My bad, publicist, Mister Publicist. Does he have a name? David. David yeah, David Brown. David. Have I met David? I've not met David. David, no, I no. apologize. I, I definitely now it's an uncomfortable silence. So Brad, no, I have I have quickly. plenty of times because because of you know him coming in studio and that, that's actually yeah. I think how this relationship was really forged. You know what I wanted to mention the last time we had you on and you had the last book out, which was um, near dark. That wasn't the last book; it was two books ago. But we had right. you on pretty much right. two years ago to the day. It was such a weird experience because I was in the studio in New York and I remember and you saw this. I walked out of the studio. I walked to Times Square. It was completely empty. Yeah. I, I was like the like only I am person. Legend. And I see yeah. a giant billboard for Brad yeah. Thor yeah. near yeah. dark. And yeah. it was like, 
That's you, cool. It was a strange time because you have this giant billboard in Times Square, and I'm the only one looking. <laughs> You're at the only it. one seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> that that, that was a, was strange, man. It was it was a yeah. bizarre feeling. Yeah, I bet it, it was. You know what? The last time I experienced anything like that was in the aftermath of 9/11, and there were no planes in the sky, and that was a weird. Yeah. That was a weird thing during that time. So, yeah, but. To, to answer your question about a couple of books and all that kind of a couple of stores and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That can make, that can make a difference. It is a, uh, the New York times has a proprietary formula, they call it. So they won't tell you exactly what goes in. There's a little bit of voodoo that goes in there. And we've, we've had, we've had disputes with them before where we, there's a reporting service called book scan that tracks about 80% of the book sales in the okay. country. So we know within 20% how well we've done. And we've seen where I've outpaced somebody else, but for what whatever reason, they, they they slot that person higher than me. That's happened in the past. There've been a lot of people, uh, and I don't know what's involved in that. There've been people that want to read in different motives, but you know what? I, I try, unless somebody proves to me that I can't trust them, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. And so, uh, you know, there's a lot of independent bookstores that aren't tracked yeah, by okay. BookScan. And so okay. it could be that I can, I can miss out because my book it is everywhere it's supposed to be, but it isn't in certain places that one of my competitors, like a uh, uh, like a, a chiclet author uh, or something like chiclet, and I don't mean that in a derogatory term. It's just women's fiction, if you will. If that's okay. doing very well at independent bookstores, they kind of at least the ones I've been in. Uh, there's a handful of them that are great with with thrillers like I do, but there are other ones that really are focus more on sure. uh, fiction geared towards ladies. So that all goes in the mix. So it's it it is competition. Uh, but the cool thing is, is that once you've hit that number one, like I have, it's that you're always a number one New York Times bestselling author. It's like winning yeah. the Academy Award as opposed to being an Academy Award nominated director. You're an Academy Award winning director for Got the rest it. of yep. your career kind of a thing. So, but I'm still competitive. I mean, I I, I don't do this uh, year after year just to, you know, throw them out there. It's sure. it, my parents raised us. They said every day on the job, you treat it like it's your first day on the job. And you also put everything you've got into that job because it could very well be your last. And I don't work for Simon & Schuster. I work for the readers. So it is incumbent upon me to give them the best thrill ride I'm capable of because what they're investing in me is, yeah, they'll pay 30 bucks for a hardcover. But more importantly, they've got a finite commodity, which is their time. They can't make more time. You can go out and make more money, but you can't make more time. So I really have to treat that with respect and make sure I give people the wow. absolute best that, that I can do as, a, as an author. That's that uh, people and people need that more in today's world. They have that sort of attitude. Never quit. Always put your best foot forward and mm -hmm. try to. Uh, number one, uh, not being in an ego man, you know, ego maniacal way. Is that how I said it? Ego maniacal. Ego maniacal. Yeah. What you said, not in that way, but being in a way that you just want to always be your best and set the best example. You want to lead from the front. You want to lead by example. Um, we haven't really talked about your kids and your family, and and honestly, we didn't last time. How old are your kids now? Uh, can you say, or if you don't want to say their no, ages, no, 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 I, I'm not allowed to. I'm, I'm, my wife doesn't let me say their ages and I do it by mistake sometimes, but how old are they now? No, so uh, my daughter's 19 and my son's 17. So are they, are they, are they going down that path of your path of, of, of writing or are they thinking of doing something else? And, and, no, and it, 
It, it, it's funny. My wife comes from a math and science background. Uh, okay. She's a no longer practicing physician, but she had done okay. medical research. She was a chemical engineering major. So my my kids got her brains. So my daughter's <laughs> at college. Uh, they love writing and they love reading and they're both excellent writers. In fact, my daughter just finished freshman year uh, of college and she said, like her teachers couldn't believe what a good writer she was compared to the other classmates of hers and she my daughter's fascinating because she's studying uh east asian studies is her major with wow. a minor in chinese and she's studying wow. uh and she's studying korean and i i don't know if you guys have ever come across fred burton on social media fred's yeah. an ex-dss yeah. guy yeah. down in austin yeah. fred's a super guy because my daughter's interested in going into dss she would okay. love to protect uh wives of diplomats or female diplomats as well as their families um she doesn't know she wants to move every two years but fred burton was so kind he autographed a copy of his fabulous nonfiction book called ghost about his time in yep. dss and then hooked my daughter up with the highest ranking female dss uh officer who had been in charge of hiring there and got her on the phone with my daughter it was the nicest thing so that's what my daughter's doing uh my son who's brilliant and is really like chill super cool uh, it's interesting to watch these kids because it's not necessarily about the money. They're not focusing on what career is going to sure. give me the most dough. It's what do I want to do, which is I, I actually respect yeah. them for that. My son wanted to be an air traffic controller for the longest time. Uh, he's got the mentality for it. He loves it He because he was studying for his pilot's license here in Tennessee. And one of the units at Middle Tennessee uh, State University uh, where he did this summer aviation program, uh, like after his freshman year of high school, was ATC. And they've actually got yeah. a whole like simulated ATC thing. And I said, well, you know, you could end up in a, you know, you could be in Omaha or like <laughs> further out. And he said, actually, dad, those, those smaller airfields are no longer going to have people in the towers. I said, what are you talking about? Whoa. He said, Saab, the Swedish company is creating these virtual towers where they're going to cover the towers with cameras. I will be in like a big data hub center. It could be in Nashville. It could be in Vegas, like, uh, like Creech where they do the drones from halfway around the world. Yeah, I was thinking about I don't need to yeah. be, yeah, I don't need to be on state. I don't need to be sitting at that airport to be an air traffic controller. So he wants to do that. Then it was astrophysicist. His, his science professors were pushing him towards. Wow. And, you know, he's a big rainbow six guy. And he's now, <laughs> he's now yeah. into production. So he will do casting. So he'll do the, you know, the play-by-play -play with his whole setup with his microphone or he'll call camera angles. So, you know, it's air traffic control, astrophysics or uh, <laughs> uh, esports production. So I, I, I don't know, but that's, uh, I think this is most I've ever talked about my kids in any I, I I wanted to ask you last time and we just we got into other stuff we ran out of time because I, I I think that's important and, and as fathers you know nowadays fathers have to be involved fathers need to be in their yeah. kids lives and 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 I think it's not talked about enough to be honest with you I don't know if it's because males and toxic masculinity is so bad no honestly I think it's toxic responsibility or manly responsibility is important and we haven't we, we don't talk about it enough. So that's why I wanted to ask. And it sounds like, yeah, chip off the old block, never quit, never give up. Doesn't make a difference. They're going to do what you did, but they're putting their best foot forward. And uh, your daughter is always welcome. Whenever I'm doing a shooting course, she is always Thank welcome. You. If that's anything I can make up for saying bad things about your publicist, that's the least <laughs> I can do. It, but seriously, Brad, if she ever, whenever we're having a battle line or E3 course, send her on because 
that's hugely important. And I worked the State Department security before I started the agency. And and nice. yeah, that's a, yeah, it's 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 a very honorable occupation and it's very difficult as well. And you are the face of that ambassador. You are the yeah. diplomat, not the diplomat, but you also have to protect those diplomats. So I, that's yeah. awesome to hear that. I, I wow, that's it. Go ahead. It's, no, please. It's, it's funny before Charlie Daniels passed away, uh, Charlie used to do, he had a great, uh, he had a great charity and he would do an annual yeah. event here in Nashville to help move uh, veterans into the private sector. So Actually, I t- I, he had us as a guest at it when it for 13 hours first came out. I, I still, oh, have a wow. picture, still have a picture of me taking Oz with Charlie, but yes, yes, sir. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt that. No, no, no. Charlie and Daniels and that's actually that's where I got to meet Oz and Oz, uh, Oz was a, a very friendly with a buddy of mine down in South Texas. So I introduced myself and all this kind of stuff. Sure. And uh, so it's at the Palm in Nashville yep. and it's great stakes. And they always have great, uh, uh, the guy that, uh, that MCs it is a former seal and he's really funny. I forget his name, uh, but he's a really good guy that does all the auction stuff and all this. Yeah. So Kyle lamb was auctioning off yep. a day of firearms instruction and uh, and I bid on it with a buddy of mine, and uh, I reached out to Kyle right before we were due to go, and I said, okay, I'm bringing these buddies and stuff, and I said, I got to tell you, my son, and my son was like 12 at the time, and I said, he's really into this, and I said, we've got a, we've got bait, we've got him a little 22 SIG, and he's got his Kydex holster, and I said, I've got a, there's a, there's a guy that used to be in the unit, and he's got a company called Citizen Arms now, and he okay. built me a truck gun years ago, really, really lightweight, kind of that pencil barrel and stuff, and I figured my son could run that, and he's got his 22, so he can do transition work and stuff, and I'm like, can I bring him? I said, he knows his stuff, but he will sit there quietly and listen to your full safety briefing. And I don't want him on the range. If anybody's uncomfortable having a 12 year old there, I get it. He's going, Kyle was so cool. He's like, and Kyle had my son doing stuff that I couldn't even do within like, <laughs> you know, so you guys in your experience, and when you take people and move them forward, uh, it is amazing to watch how even yeah. kids can get it. And probably kids can get it better than adults because they don't get in their own way mentally, yes. I would imagine. Yeah, so I agree. I, agree. I would yeah. love, so Kyle said, you can send your son out to my, uh, out to, what did he, Crusader Acres is what he calls his, his ranch. He said, you can drop him off for the summer. He said, I will have him <laughs> driving tax even, even harder. But so I thank you because I would love to put my daughter with you uh, for, for uh, to do a day of firearms training, but also for her, to pick your brain a little bit about what sure. it was like protecting diplomats. So thank I, you. I, I would love to. And we, my little place out here with Fort Scott Munitions, we call it Fort Defense out here in Kansas. And, but it's, it's just, it's an oasis out here. It, it just right off the road. It's such a great place to train and, and I would be honored. Yeah. And, and I definitely, cause that's the protection is the easy part. It's dealing with some of the attitudes and dip of diplomats. Cause I'll be honest, the majority of diplomats are not, very big gun supporters. They're not, very, even though they're being protected by people right. with guns, they really would rather have nobody to have guns or they would, they are, and they're not real big on supporting the second amendment. And you have to get through that. It, it, it It's kind of hard to do. And it is, there's an irony there that the protection you're in there protecting your supporter, but the person you're protecting really doesn't want you there, but they know you're a necessity. But you, you, there's a way to get through it. So please, yeah, I would love Thank to you. love to talk to Thank her, you. and and I hope she makes, you know, I hope she makes it to what we call the MSDs. The that's their SWAT. That's the DSS SWAT team. The the MSD guy. And if they make it to that point, she, 
She's going to have a blast. She's going to love every minute of it. Just- she, she already asked me if she could, uh, next summer, in between the school years, uh, if she could do a whole bunch of trauma stuff. She really oh. wants to get, she wants to get like her EMT certification and oh, all that yes. kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm sure she wants to work on pigs and goats and keep them alive <laughs> and stuff like that. So she's not squeamish, man. And she's been studying martial arts for years. She studies this great art form called Namiru, which okay. is an old samurai art form uh, done with the sword so that even when you're empty-handed all the moves are the same and it's it's amazing to just you know that's what every father wants of his daughter you know what i mean she's getting her black belt now and (laughs) he said will you increase my uh my monthly uh allowance at school uh she works she's got two jobs because we really believe in that so and so does her school they they want those kids to be working so she's got two part-time jobs and then you know we're like okay well we'll help you a little bit here and there but you got to learn to stand on your own and she's like i said what do you need the extra money for she goes ammo is really expensive dad i don't know if you've looked and i'm like are you going and getting training at the range she said yeah didn't mom tell you that i sent home for my you know my uh we've got the really nice uh headphones where you know you can hear you get the bad yeah, the, the, the noise canceling, it's, it's yeah, exactly. in protection. You're pro. Yeah, yeah. And that's, I, I couldn't, that's... I felt this surge of pride that my daughter was asking for more money not to go out or get her nails done. But just, dad, have you seen the cost of ammo lately? And I was like, all right, how much do you want? Dad, that's you don't have to worry cool. about, you don't have to worry about a guy coming over and you have to sit there cleaning your gun to intimidate him. She's going to be cleaning her gun with, <laughs> when the guy comes over to ask her, oh, I bet she kicks some ass. No, I, I, I man, that's, that's amazing to hear. And, and I, I know we're coming up on an hour. I, but I, I, I did want to ask you about that. And I'm glad we got that out. And I was going to ask you about the, the, you know, the firearms, but we talked about it. So brother, well, kudos I, to that. That's all. Awesome. I think, and I was just going to add to that, that I think Brad comes from an interesting perspective as a father and the fact that what you do really right now is you, and you've spoken, you, you've spoken with me about it in previous discussions, you followed your dream. You were a guy working a, a steady job and your dream was to become an author, which, as mm-hmm. you've said before, your wife encouraged you to do. Yeah. So I think you come from that real life perspective of if you have a dream, you got to follow it because you could have just said, I'm going to stick with this steady job. Writing is not the most dependable career. There's no telling if I'll make a dollar doing this. And pretty much, as I said, 21 books later, you were living your dream. Uh, You know, that's one of the things that I remind Jack Carr of all the time, that he's smarter than I am. Uh, I told him that when we first spoke and Jack, uh, Jack said, what, how do you, it's like our first phone call. How do you know I'm smarter than you? And I said, well, you wanted to be a SEAL and an author. And so did I, except you did it in the right order. I did author first. Now I'm too old to be a SEAL. So I said, you're smarter than I am. That's and. Brother, I, I just love having you on because your mindset is people can learn from that and kids can definitely learn from that. And I love, I, I feel the same way as you do with money. You do what you want. Money comes and goes. And if if we're if we're supposed to have a lot of money and I, then that's the case. If we're not and we're going to lose it, then we're, that's the case. But if you're doing what you love, it doesn't matter. Money will be, I, I'll be, money's going to be there. If you're doing what you love and you work hard at it, it's going to be there. And that's that's amazing to me. And, and you're a perfect example. And you're, you, you validate when I say that to my kids or anyone else, don't worry about making money. Money will come if you're doing what you enjoy, do what you enjoy first. And, and yeah, you, you're, you're that prophecy brother. And it's amazing to see that. And I appreciate it. And I appreciate you coming back on the show again, my man. It's, it's, 
and you're 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 kicking ass as usual. And I don't care if you don't have a movie. I I don't watch Paramount Network anyway, so I don't care if Jack has a movie. I've never seen it. It makes no difference to me, dude. You're, but it, you're you're doing it, and just seeing the amount of books to me, that's still amazing. I I'm done with three. I don't want to write anymore. That, oh, that's yeah, I mean, you're guys, a lot of discipline. So, a lot of discipline. Damn different. But yeah. thanks, brother. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you. and I know you probably have to get going. We're going long here. But actually, with what Chris said, I think one last question people are wondering, and I know you've kind of gotten to it before, but. Yeah. Is there a Scott Harvath <laughs> movie? Is there a Scott Harvath show that we will one day see? Is that a dream of yours? So, yeah. So we've done a lot a lot of options in Hollywood where they get to rent the rights for X amount of time. We've had screenplays written, stuff like that. I, I, I tell people that in, in a town like L.A. that's full of beautiful people, I have kissed every frog in that, in that town. I could write a book on all the twists and turns. Uh, it, it is interesting. We, my entertainment attorney, who's one of my dearest friends now, we've been together for two decades navigating and getting deals going only to have the, the heads of the studio change. And it's like lions on the Serengeti, a new male comes in and kills everybody and <laughs> uh, kills all the young ones in the pride and you're, you're done. Uh, we have now an unbelievable setup where two powerhouse producers came to me, said, big fans of the books. We want to do something with you. And I'm like, wow, that's great. I said, is this the thing where you guys give me a check and you disappear and I don't get any involvement? You know, I don't get to work on this with you. And they're like, nope, we are very hands-on. We've seen you. We know that you're not going to try to micromanage us and what we're doing, but that you, you created this world. They said, if we do this with you, that's like us buying the Marvel universe. You've yeah. created this with all these books and characters, and we can do spinoffs for TV shows. They said, we absolutely want you involved. And then they said, to prove it, we're going to let you pick the director. And they wow. said, we really see this as a series with movies in between the seasons. So wow. we're going to let you pick the director that you want. And we're going to let you pick the showrunner. I'm like, anybody? They go, anybody. And I said, I want this guy as the director. And I want this guy as the showrunner. And the, the lead producer said to me, give me 48 hours. I'll get them both on the phone so you can talk to them and made it happen. I got to pick my favorite, biggest, baddest, best uh, director for action, I think. And it's not the 13 hours, not Michael Bay. <laughs> not Michael Bay. I'm seeing the eyes working. It's <clears throat> no, it's not Michael Bay. It's somebody else who is, uh, I, I love Michael Bay. Michael Bay was a part of the Red Cell unit uh, yeah. uh, post 9-11 like I was. Uh, great, fantastic director, but it's not him. We've got a studio now. We've got this director. We've got these incredible producers, unbelievable showrunner. And what we're doing now is focusing on who's going to do the writing. So, because I'm not going to write. I, it is not what I, I write novels. I don't write sure. scripts and things like sure. that. Yeah, uh, right. I remember Jack Carr sharing with me. Uh, I'm like, what are you up to? I talked to him one day and he's like, I got a stack of scripts here. I got to go through and just kind of read. And they will change things. Hollywood will change things to yeah. make it fit the format, whether it's episodic and you want to have cliffhangers to get people to keep tuning back in, which I get as a writer uh, or to fit a 400 page book into a two hour movie. Sure. So you've yep. got to be, you got to be okay with that. And most times they want nothing to do with the author. I've finally gotten to a point and my entertainment attorney said, Brad, every deal that didn't happen, that kind of collapsed or the studio heads changed. He said, all of that heartache was worth it to get us to where we are now, because this is an A plus team. They are going to actually, you're going to look back and say, Oh my God, I'm so glad that these people I dealt with over the years, I never made a movie with them or I never made a TV show because it wouldn't have been as good as this one. So I'm playing a little bit coy because the studio doesn't want me announcing this. They want to make the big announcement once the writer's attached. Of course. Uh, 
so but anyway so we are working i've never given up and you know it's that never quit right the only easy day was yesterday i've never given up on getting a tv or a movie made it's been 20 years uh but robert ludlum never saw anything made during his lifetime the yeah. born identity identity was yeah. after he was dead yeah you sure. know they made one i think a couple of mini series like the osterman weekend and there were a couple things that were on tv but no movies for him so anyway we'll see what happens uh, it's, hopefully it's, next year we can talk about it it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And we'll, we'll maintain that <clears throat> OPSEC. I was going to, so you can't tell us who the director is. I was going to guess, but it's OPSEC. I got it. Yeah. But brother, I, I <laughs> congratulations. And Thank you. I, you know, I, I can't wait. And if it does come on the Paramount Network, okay, I'll get a subscription and I'll watch yours. I'll give and- you my password. Thank you. That's what I say. Please, please do. I'll trade you. Training for your password of the Paramount Network. Can we do that? All right. But Congratulations, man. You're, again, you're kicking ass and you you you, you lead you. by the example. And that's how it should be. A leader should always lead by example. Don't ask anybody to do anything you're not willing to do yourself or that you already haven't done. And and you're you're that person. So God bless you, man. And Thank tell you. your kids, congratulations. That's that, yeah, they sound like they're just gonna be just rock stars like their father. So if oh, and it sounds like they already are, but even more so. So thanks, brother. Really appreciate yeah. this. Thank you guys. Yeah, thanks for coming on as always. And for the audience, bradthor.com is where you can find everything. You have some awesome gear there that people can pick up, some great wall displays, T-shirts, all of that. Uh, At Brad Thor on Twitter, at Real Brad Thor on Instagram. Thank you for coming on. And and thank you for always like promoting the show and we'll promote your stuff. And and it means a lot to us. It really does. Because when Chris and I started this, it was just us. We don't have anyone behind yeah. us other than our great sponsors and it, it means a lot to have that Thank friendship you. after all these years from when i really met you well happy to do it you guys put on a great show i'm a big fan so Thank you. Uh, you know i don't i don't push stuff to to my people who are my bosses that i don't think is high quality and a plus stuff so i've always enjoyed the show you're one of my favorites so it's my Thank my you. pleasure Thank you. kudos back to you brother same thing and tell your again i'm just being out tell your publicist I, whatever he wants me to do next show, I will do. Even if it's to do the show shirtless in my Ranger silkies, I will. I, I will. So, we'll I'm, <laughs> <laughs> all right, brother. God bless you. Yeah, have a great, great weekend, my man. And, and yeah, have a great. Tell your family thank you for allowing us to take some of your time. Oh, thank you. Thanks, guys. That's all for this episode of the Battleline Podcast. But we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battleline Podcast and on Twitter at Battleline Pod. To sign up for future Battleline tactical courses, go to www.christantoparanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never, never quit. quit.